Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portson with you on a rather gray and chilly Wednesday afternoon. Blue Jackets are off to a 4-2 and two start, coming off a 4-1 win over the Dallas Stars on Monday in Nationwide Arena, and heading into a Metro showdown with the New York Rangers on Friday in Madison Square Garden. Uh, we'll be joined today on the podcast by Blue Jackets defenseman Andrew Peake, who came into camp needing to win a roster spot and did just that with his play in the preseason. He's been one of the bright spots of the Blue Jackets in the first couple of weeks of the season. He's playing his first game in the Garden, which is always a treat for young players. So lots to talk about with Andrew. Uh, we had a great chat. We'll play that for you in a second. First, some news and notes for the Blue Jackets coming out of Wednesday's practice. Uh, Adam Boakfast was out of practice again on Wednesday, listed as day-to-day. Coach Brad Larson says uh, that the injury, actually wouldn't say anything about the injury. Uh, it's not upper body. It's not lower body. It's not anywhere on the body. Uh, Boakfast is day-to-day. Um, so, yeah, not sure when we'll see him. Uh, Dean Kukin, we won't see him for at least a couple of months. He's out eight weeks with a broken wrist. Uh, and the Blue Jackets have been scrambling for defensemen already early in the season, calling up Gabriel Carlson and Gavin Bayreuther from AHL Cleveland. Uh, Carlson made his season debut against uh, Dallas on Monday. Not sure where Bayreuther draws in uh, if, he, if he'll play this weekend. Uh, when the Blue Jackets head to the New York metro area. Uh, Max Domi, who is on the men from fractured ribs, took a morning skate on Monday and today went a step further. It went through an actual practice, including contact drills. So now what does that mean? Well, Domi was expected to miss two to four weeks when he went down on, on October 15th. But it is not out of the question that he he could draw in this weekend when the Blue Jackets play uh, in New York, Brad Larson would only say today that Domi is progressing. Uh, this is a guy, Domi, of course, who was supposed to be out four to six months with a shoulder injury and was back um, exactly four months, maybe even a touch earlier. Uh, so this maybe he's a quick, a quick healer. Maybe we should all be listening to Max Domi for health advice. Um, he could be back sooner than than uh, the two to four weeks as well. Um, Blue Jackets Rangers on Friday. Uh, that's always a fun game getting back into the Metro. It's been a while since we've seen our friends with the Rangers. Um, let's get now to the Andrew Peak interview. I think you'll enjoy this. This is a young man, still a very young player uh, from Florida, which is an interesting background. We talked about that. Uh, we talked about his his um, understanding that his need to bring physical play for the Blue Jackets, something that they uh, may desperately need and with some of the departures this offseason. So uh, a great interview with with Andrew, and we'll play this for you now, and uh, we'll be back to you on the other side. And joined now by Blue Jackets defenseman Andrew Peake. Uh, Andrew looks to, I think we can safely say, this year be a, a lineup regular. Uh, he's played about a half season in the NHL, has made quite a mark so, mar- so far in Columbus, and I think this is a name you're going to be hearing a lot from there's a lot lots to discuss with Andrew Andrew thanks for being with us yeah thanks for having me well you bet um first of all I gotta ask we were at the rink today it was kind of a crazy day at the rink um 21 pilots has taken over the place they've got a few shows coming up I don't know if you're into them at all but are you going to the show or any of these shows probably tonight's the only night you could go right uh I'm not going but I have heard about the show tonight and it's supposed to be uh, a pretty good one so I will not be there, but 
I look forward to going to to some shows in the future. Yeah, I think there's going to be quite a few guys there. Is my is my understanding? Did you guys have a Halloween party last night on your off day? Uh, yeah, we we got together and uh, nice. kind of a little bit of a Halloween party, and you know, got to show off some costumes and stuff. So it's always nice being able to have that ability. Yeah, so you know where I'm going now. What did you dress as? Uh, well, it's kind of unfortunate. I was going to be uh, Squid Games with a couple of the other guys, and wow. our and ours didn't come in in time. Oh. So. Uh, we kind of had a scramble last minute and ended up just being uh, like a doctor, a nurse, like that type of outfit. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, the Squid Game, that's an aggressive play because that's that's a very topical uh, costume. Yeah, no, I mean, that shows just it's exploding right now on, yeah. on Netflix and kind of the social media world. Yeah, and right. It's, I've seen those costumes everywhere and it's, it was kind of a kind of an easy one to get with the jumpsuits and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. Who had the best outfit? Would you say, is there anybody really raw? I saw Boone Jenner had the Austin Powers thing going. Was anybody else awesome? Yeah, he was, uh, he was up there. Um, Gus had a, had a great costume. Um, a lot of guys, a lot of guys came to play. It was a nice. tough to really pick just one. Yeah. I know the guys take it pretty seriously. Uh, professional athletes for sure. Um, Andrew, there seems to be a really good energy around this team right now. I, I, I felt it from from afar in training camp. Felt it for sure in the preseason. There's a lot of new stuff, a lot of new guys with new opportunity. It feels like that energy has carried on into the regular season. Uh, what are you What are you feeling? And 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 just talk to me about how well you guys have played in the early going. I think you're off to a better start than many, many people would have anticipated. Yeah, you kind of just touched on it. Um, I mean, there's a there's a belief in the room that, you know, we could win a Stanley Cup. And although we have, I guess, on paper, the youngest team in the NHL, um, we don't really feel that in terms of how close we are as a team. And there's talented players up and down the lineup. And then you have, you know, your good veteran leadership and Booner. And then you bring guys in like Voracek. Um, it just helps, you know, mesh the room together really well. And so far, we're off to a good start in terms of how we want to play. And for us, I think it's just going to be putting that together consistently. Yeah. And one thing that I've, I've liked in the early going is you've, you've had, a, obviously, a couple of losses. But the response to both of those losses, I don't think you liked the way you played in, in Detroit at all. The response was really impressive the following game. Um, I don't think you necessarily think you played badly against Carolina, but that was kind of a tip your cap game to a really good team that's playing well. You responded really well to that one as well just the other night. That's key for a young team, is it not to to not A, string losses together, but also have the ability to respond and, and play your game, even if it wasn't there one night to deliver it the next? 100%. Um, Lars has really, has really tried to put that in our heads. You know, if we have a bad game, we have to respond and have to move on. And, you know, when we've won games this year, you've seen how we've played and the success that's, you know, going to be put on the ice from us. Um, it's going to win us games. And, you know, it's a good measuring stick when you play against a team like Carolina. And right now they're off to a good start. And, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say we played bad against them, but yeah. I think we learned, you know, move on from that. And if we're going to want to make a, make a run throughout the season, we're going to have to play consistent and, and play the style that we want to play in terms of, um, you know, playing fast and playing up ice and, getting pressure all over the ice. Yeah. And they're a great lesson. Carolina is in what it means to play fast. Am I, am I right? I, 
it just from way up above, you obviously have a much better vantage point than I do. But from way above, it, it just doesn't look like there's any other team in the league that takes away time and space quite like they do. No, yeah, they're, they're a good team. You know, each team kind of brings different dynamics of yeah. what they're going to play each night and how they play. Um, and Carolina is just a fast team. And if you don't match that, you know, you're going to end up on the losing side. And for us, we're a really fast team and, and a young team that can skate. So for us, it's good to see, you know, that's what we have to play consistently and, and do that every night. And we're going to be a successful team. What would you say if I asked you what you liked specifically about your game? And because I think you're, you're a guy that came to camp needing to prove something and you've, you've obviously secured a, a spot on the team first, a team, a spot in the lineup second. I look today and you're, you're on the second pair with, with Gavrikov. Now, Bogfist is out day to day. Who knows where that's going, but what do you feel like you've done really well uh, to sort of secure your spot and maybe open some eyes? I think for me, I just, I kind of just went back to my roots. You know, defending has always been my strongest suit, even from when I was younger and really put an emphasis on that and, you know, being tough in the corners, playing physical in front of the net and then growing my game from there, you know, whether that's making smart plays, making the simple play or, you know, if a bigger play is out there, making it and not hesitating about it. So I think just starting from my own ends and, you know, playing on the penalty kill and, and having that aspect of snarl to my game, I think just really benefits me as a whole in terms of, you know, what I, what I want to accomplish on a nightly basis when I play. Yeah. Now, so if you look at this team and the changes that have occurred, David Savard out, it's hard to find a more physical defenseman than, than David Savard. Seth Jones out, maybe an, an underappreciated aspect of his game was his physical play. Did you factor Jones gone, Savard gone, this team needs a physical presence, and so I'm going to do that? Or was it, as you just said a, a bit there, indicating this is who I am when I'm when I'm playing well? Or was it a little of all of the above? Yeah, I think it was a combination of both. Um, when I play my best hockey, I feel like I'm engaged in all aspects of the game. And playing physical is a big part of that for my game. And then you also have to realize and, you know, look who you're competing against sure. going into training camp in terms of finding that roster spot. Like you said, Savvy and Jonesy, they're right-handed defensemen and they, they play a physical game when they have to. So for me, I kind of just understood, you know, this helps me personally as a player. And it's also a role that can be filled on the blue line. And for me, I've just tried to to stay with that day and day and, and really focus on that. Yeah. And I think you could say uh, safely, fairly that, Two of the guys they brought in, right side guys, Bean and Bogfist, they have a lot of really interesting aspects to their game, but not not regarded as physical defensemen. I, I feel like you and Gavrikov out of the six are the guys that can really bring that. And and uh, I think I think Brad Larson, at least speaking to us, has been pretty clear that that's something he wanted. He wants all over the ice if he can get it because he thinks. It has to be part of of uh, your guys's game. Let me ask you a, about your background because it is interesting. I'm sure to a lot of people, it's probably not as interesting. It's probably more interesting than it should be because there are players coming out of Florida now all the time. Players coming out of Texas, Southern California, St. Louis, Columbus, of course. Um, what was it like growing up and wanting to play hockey in Florida, and kind of being? not at the head of the curve because there have been players from Florida before, 
but sort of in in this this current push from from guys Florida really has an interesting uh burst of players coming some are already here some are on the way it's become a bit of a of a hockey hotbed I'm wondering what it was like uh, for as uh, for you as a kid growing up, were you the strange kid that played hockey, or was it a fairly normal thing uh, for kids in your in your uh, elementary school and middle school to do? Uh, I'd say when I was growing up, it was a little weird. I guess being the guy right. who played hockey, um, you know, it's just such a baseball and football hotbed. And there's so many, so many baseball, so many good football players that come out of Florida, right? And you don't necessarily see that with hockey, and. Kind of like what you said, you know, having the Panthers come in in the late 90s really helped, you know, South Florida hockey, especially in, you know, growing the game and especially, you know, showing that it's a possibility to to play in the NHL out of Florida. And you see a new wave of players coming from Florida and it's it's awesome. You know, going back in the summer, it doesn't feel like it's a slouch one bit going back home to Florida, training and skating. There's tons of NHL players that nice are from there and that even just come to stay in South Florida for the summer. So it's been pretty awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Um, When did you start to think Andrew peaked that this could be a career? Was it, was it when you got to the USHL? Was it before you got to the USHL? I know at during that USHL green at green Bay uh, season, there were already NHL scouts watching you pretty high on you, but when did you start to think that maybe just maybe this could become a career? Uh, It's kind of a, it's, it's kind of funny because when I went to prep school, when I was 14 years old, I, I didn't necessarily, you know, know how good I was compared to other people around the country just because I was from Florida. So it's tough to necessarily, you know, judge yourself based on sure. other players and where you stand. So I'd say my second year of prep school, when I was 15, I started, you know, gaining some traction from colleges and, you know, hearing my name through the college ranks and stuff like that so for me i think that's kind of when it started clicking it's like okay i'm i'm not just some random kid from florida i'm i believe in myself i'm a good hockey player and let's just see where it goes from here so i think right around that age was when i kind of realized you know this could really be a dream and a dream come true in the future yeah that's awesome and when the blue jackets draft you second round number 23 overall in 2016 was that about where you were expecting it? Was that a pleasant surprise? That's a that's a man. There's a lot of kids that would love to be drafted 34 overall in, in a in a draft class. Where did that land for you? Was were you delighted by that? Were you did you expect it? Um, were you, I'm sure you were sitting there in your suit with all your families uh, waiting for it to to come out. What was the experience like? I mean, it's it's one of those experiences that's just tough to put into words. It's, it's yeah. such a special moment. Um, I mean, obviously there's a bunch of different teams. You meet with a bunch of different teams, so you don't necessarily know who you're going to. I kind of had an idea of where I would go second round, that type of area. But um, no, I didn't know it would be Columbus. I I, ta- I talked with them prior, but you obviously never know. And it's kind of yeah. funny. My my junior coach, he's he made a random prediction when I was back in Green Bay. He was like, I'm just going to take a guess that you're going to Columbus in the second round. He goes, I have no idea. I'm just taking a guess. And it, it turned out to be true. So it's it's pretty crazy how the world works. So you don't think he had any sort of intel? I mean, he, he could have talked to them more than I thought, but right. he, he said he was just making a random guess. That's amazing. And how many teams told you they would take you if you were there in the second? Were there any promises like that? Uh, no, not necessarily promises okay. or anything like that. Because 
so much changes throughout yeah, for sure. draft day and players, you know, projected in certain spots. So it's tough to really gauge. Yeah. And I, I ask you this after just uh, spending a little bit of time with Ken Johnson at, at Michigan and talking to him a bit. Um, and, and for listeners out there, check out the site. There's a, we're going to do a monthly diary uh, with Kent Johnson, the Blue Jackets' number five overall pick this summer. He's a sophomore at Michigan right now and an incredible – I don't want to piss you off, Peaker, but Michigan's an incredible team uh, this year. Um, so check that out. We're visiting with with uh, Andrew Peak, Blue Jackets defenseman. What was that experience like at Notre Dame? Because college hockey seems like such a it's, – it's becoming such a thing now, maybe more than it ever was – there, it seems like there's such a bond there among players and among uh, teams that that I'm not sure if it's fostered quite that intensely at the uh, junior or the USHL level. What was your time like at Notre Dame, and, and just how much of a bond did you form with your teammates there? I mean, it was Notre Dame is in my mind spectacular. It'll always hold a place in my heart, and that bond, kind of like what you said, that you build with your teammates when you're at college. For whatever reason, it just it instantly clicks the second you step on campus and it just grows and grows and you build so many good relationships, and especially at a place like Notre Dame with, you know, the other student athletes there and you sure. know, the help you get from faculty and stuff. It's it's such an amazing place and I just can't even say enough good things about it. It's it's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, I promised our uh, listeners we take up a few questions from Twitter, uh, Aaron May, Real A May 22, wants to know, what is your favorite part about the city of Columbus? I assume he means living here, what uh, what you like about the city, yada, yada. Um, I love food, and I think the food here is pretty spectacular. Nice. I think it's very underrated in terms of how many good restaurants there are around here. So yeah, that's what I really love about Columbus. So tell me your spots. Where Do you, where, where, do you have any favorites, anything that, that stands out? Um, I love Martini, mm-hmm. Marcella's. I'm a big Italian guy, so all those kind of spots right on High Street, and then Lindy's and German Village. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's a ton of spots. It's it's tough to really rank them. Yeah, that's nice. Um, and feeding off of that, feeding, I said, there's a question here. What is the fascination? Kevin Stoker wonders. What's the fascination in the hockey world with chicken parm? I asked. <laughs> I ask that with all due respect to this delightful meal. What is your go-to, Andrew Peak? Is it chicken parm or is it something else? Or does it depend on which restaurant you're at? Chicken parm, 100%. Yeah. I, I think it's just installed in our brains. If, if you're a hockey player, chicken yeah. parm has to be a go-to. go-to what, it's such a marriage of like four incredible things, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got chicken, you've got pasta, you've got pasta sauce and cheese. What else is there? I mean, it's... The perfect blend of protein and carbs, in my opinion. That's where you're, that's where I was going with that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. What part of town do you live in? Are you a short north guy? Um, I'm in a arena district. Okay, nice, nice. And that's boy, that's convenient, huh? You walk to work. Yeah. yeah, it's it's real it's real nice, real convenient. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Blue Jackets at the New York Rangers Friday. I'm looking at this. You've played the Rangers twice. I don't think you've played in Madison Square Garden yet. Is that correct? That is correct. It's the greatest place on earth, or something like that. I forget what they call it. What are your? Are you excited to play in a building like that? Is it standalone in, in terms of anticipation? Yeah, I mean, I was I was talking to my dad earlier, and he was kind of like, "You've never played in Madison Square Garden." I'm like, "No, I'm excited." It's just one of those places that 
has so much history and it's one it's just you have to play there to really get the aspect of you know how cool it really is playing yeah. like that so i'm really excited have, have you been there for a game and, and not dressed or just not been there period i was there for a game when i signed out of college right away oh, okay okay Columbus. gotcha yeah it's an interesting place there's yeah, no I'm place quite like it. it yeah um what did you so tell me what the offseason was like for you uh andrew is a Obviously, you're paying close attention to what the Blue Jackets are doing. The Seth Jones trade, it that was a, the Friday night of the draft was just was a a big time night for this organization. Jones gets moved, draft picks coming in, one pick goes out for Jake Bean. Um, how exciting were the moves? How closely did you watch it? And what was the communication like between you and you and teammates as all of these pieces were moving around? And the, really the the look of this team was transforming before our eyes. Yeah, no, I, I was paying attention to it. Obviously, I see on my phone, you know, everything that happens. And um, talking with the guys, you know, it was just an exciting time. Um, obviously, it's tough, you know, saying goodbye to some former teammates and close friends. But I think it really just showed us as a group that, you know, people like to put the label that it was a rebuild. But for us, yeah. internally, we felt it was just, you know, rejuvenating what we already had and growing on it and kind of having a different look to our team. And obviously we, we are younger, but you know, we brought in some really good players. So uh, for us, you know, we just use it as motivation and know what we are as a team. And we're just excited to keep showing that. Yeah. Is so Wierenski is, is obviously in a, in a bigger role. Now Jones gone. This is his blue line. Really? This is the star of, of the back end. Is he carrying himself differently? Do you see anything different in his game or in his personality so far early this season? No, I think, I mean, you know you know how Z is as a person and as a player. I think the way he just carries himself, he just, you know, you follow his actions. He's not necessarily going to speak up all the time, but you just watch him and watch him closely and watch what he does day in and day out. And, you know, it shows on the ice. And obviously for me as a player, He's someone you can learn from, you know, just watching him every shift and trying to new, trying to improve your game as well. So yeah. you know, he's been awesome and, you know, he's a leader back there. So it's it's been good. Yeah. Um, I've heard you've done some work with Jared Bowl with your in terms of uh, fight training. What can you tell us about that and how's it going and how good of a fight coach is Jared Bowl? Yeah, no, I've I've done a couple couple little lessons with him and um I mean He's been in he's been in some fights when he plays. Yes, he has. He's he has some good tips for me. So uh I won't share too much. Maybe maybe in the next fight I get in. Um yeah. it'll it'll go my way and, and you'll see some of the things I was working on. Nice, nice. Uh was that fight with Lawson Krause on opening day? Was that your first fight in hockey? That was yes. Surprisingly, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And tell how did that go? Because you gotta have your first one before you can start piling on the others. Right. No, I mean it was uh it, it happened quick and yeah um i just didn't necessarily like the hit at the time of the game and right i just wanted to stick up for myself and you know prove a point and yep. you know it happened and kind of just move on from it and keep going yeah cool and last question there's there are different voices in the room this year um the cam atkinson nick felino there david savard there haven't been too many louder voices in the room 
Then those guys, Seth Jones, all gone. Um, Boone Jenner is the captain now. What does the room sound like? How many people are talking? What's Boone been like as a captain? And this kind of brings us back to where we started, the energy that this club seems to have. Uh, we see what it's like on the ice, that energy. What's the energy in the room with 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 new guys taking the lead and new voices being heard? Uh, it's been great. There's just there's different personalities, and you're going to have that um, on any team. When you have a new crop of guys come in and you have some guys that have been here, it, it just you know meshes well together with the hockey personalities that guys bring. And Booner as a captain, I mean, he's an awesome leader, and you just see it every day in practice, every game. His work ethic is is incredible and him as a person he's just a stand-up guy and anything that you want to talk to him about he's there to listen and help you out with so yeah. um, no it's been good having guys you know like Voracek and Gus and Boone as captain and you just have different guys you know bringing a different element of leadership around the room and it's been really good that's awesome Andrew Peak, thanks for joining us here on face first front and nationwide I can say that thanks a lot man yeah of course thanks for having me you bet I'll see you out at the rink Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this week's Front and Nationwide. We'll be back with you again next week. I uh, do appreciate you listening. Check out the site. There's plenty of stuff there to read. I mentioned in the interview with Andrew Peak, our Kent Johnson diary. We're, we're going to stay in touch with that young man while he's at Michigan for what most assume will be his last year in the collegiate ranks. He's going to be a Blue Jacket next season. And this is a good way for Blue Jackets fans to sort of keep in touch with him and and Maybe learn more about him as he goes through this this uh, season with the with the Wolverines, which should should be an incredible season. There is so much expected of that team because there is so much talent on that team, and and Kent Johnson is just one part of it. So thanks to Kent Johnson for taking part in this diary. I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, check out the site for that, and we'll keep coming back to you. We've got a story posting Thursday uh, regarding Oliver Bjorkstrand and how. He has used the um, example set by a former teammate and current New York Ranger, uh, Artemi Panarin, to really show him a different element of his game and how he could play in the NHL and have more success. Uh, We've spoken to him about this before, but this was much more of a deep dive conversation with with, uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand. So I hope you enjoy that as well. Again, thanks for listening. Uh, We'll be back with you next week, and I'll look forward to talking to you then. Take care. 